0: hey there and welcome to the rock rivers podcast here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word we're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions thank you so much for tuning in we hope that you'll be blessed by this message amen amen welcome to 2023 again this is the year that you must win buona Sifiwe. Tell your neighbor, this is the year that you must win. This is the year you are coming out of debt in the name of Jesus. I can't hear you talking to your neighbor. This is the year you are getting married in the name of Jesus. This is the year the curse is breaking. This is the year your business is expanding. Yes, in the name, this is the year you're entering your new house, or oh, you don't want a new house. I'm entering my own new house in the name of Jesus. This is the year I'll finally finish paying that disturbing debt. Hallelujah. This must be the year the auctioneers forget your number because the bank is no longer writing letters to them saying call this number. Ha! I'm excited about this year. Let me not get ahead of myself. The book of Hebrews is important in the dawning of a new dawn, on the rising of a new dawn as we continue what we said last Sunday because the book of Hebrews was written to Jews who had just converted from Judaism to Christianity. And the challenge is that they had come to a place where they were frustrated and where they were discouraged and they were considering turning back. And the reason is Judaism, the focus of Judaism was always the coming of Messiah. And they converted into Christianity with the hope and desire that shortly our Lord Jesus Christ will come from heaven, descend from the clouds and save them from their misery. And the idea at that time was that we are converting from Judaism into Christianity that our Lord Jesus Christ may come. Now the book of Hebrews deals with a couple of things which are important to the believing disciple of Jesus Christ as it seeks to not only establish doctrine primarily but also to establish practice. The book of Hebrews also goes ahead to show us the supremacy of our Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, when you read the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1, Scripture says, God who in time past, tell your name my time past, spoke unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoke unto us by his Son, Jesus Christ. That immediately establishes the superiority of Jesus Christ above every prophet. And we are living at a time where men have been deceived to seek prophets for solutions. God is saying that he's putting us, He has brought us to a time frame in the Bible where Jesus Christ is speaking unto us directly. Amen. That I'm able to lift up my voice in my house and perceive the will of God for me without the mediation of any man. Hebrews chapter 4. So he says, that in time past God spoke unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken unto us by our Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 1 and 2 establishes five things about Jesus. The first, that Jesus Christ is greater than the prophets. He is greater than the prophets because the prophets prophesied about him. He is greater than the prophet Isaiah. He is greater than prophet Nahum. He is greater than Obadiah. He is greater than Noah. Because all they could do was to see in the future and prophesy about him. But Jesus himself is the embodiment of the prophecy of the Old Testament. Scripture says in chapter 1 that he is also greater than Joshua. That inasmuch as Joshua brought the children of Israel into the promised land, he brought them into the promised land, but they never entered rest. It is Hebrews chapter 4 that says, let us therefore enter his rest. He says, them that have believed him have ceased from his own labor, and therefore let us enter his rest. He establishes that Jesus Christ is greater than Moses. He is greater than Joshua. He says he's greater than the angels, that the angels speak of him, the angels testify of him, the angels worship him. And this is important because we are living at a time when there is this desire to be mysterious and superstitious. And you'll hear people on Facebook saying, you know, I was praying and David appeared unto him. I was praying, you know, and Jezreel appeared unto him. I was was praying and Sarah appeared. How did you know it was Sarah? Let me ask you a question this morning. How did you know that it was David that appeared unto you? It is Jesus that we want to see. I remember Paul making a prayer in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 3. That God will open up our eyes that we may see him. Tell your neighbor, see Jesus only. Come on, shake them a bit and tell them, see Jesus only. Come on, shake them a bit and tell them, see Jesus only. Any man who tells me, see, he saw David, that's the last day I, I, I listened to them. And he said they saw Barnabas and they saw Moses And we're supposed to look in Oh 1,000 times no The presentation of the scripture Is one man Jesus Christ The book of Hebrews shows us The supremacy of Jesus Christ And when you theologically examine this book You'll realize it is regarded as The book of better things And there is a comparison between the mosaic infrastructure and the mosaic lock and Judaism and the inner court, the outer court and the Holy of Holies. And then there is a sharp comparison between that and then the New Testament. In fact, it is in Hebrews chapter 4 where he says that now we can enter into the throne of grace boldly to obtain mercy. That because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, we have the boldness to enter into the presence of God without any hindrance, without any permission, without any facilitation from any man. This is the last day you need you feel you need man to enter into the presence of God in the name of Jesus there is spiritual listen to me there is spiritual independence there is no obstacle to the child of God that believes by faith there is no obstacle whatsoever you need no prophet you need no apostle you need no pastor you need no evangelist to introduce you into the presence of God you can enter in boldly amen This is important because if we are going to experience God in 2023, he must be a place where we are saying that let every man work out their own salvation with fear and tremblance. That corporate solidarity was now transitioned into individual responsibility. That when God looks from heaven, he wants to see you. Remember what the prophet said, that the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro, seeking one that is standing in the gap, that is praying. And that is the mind of God, that we are able to experience him directly. But that's not my subject. When you come now to Hebrews chapter 12, because of context, scripture opens and says, therefore, we, we also, since we are surrounded By such a great cloud of witnesses and by the spirit of God, this morning God is convicting me to speak to those of us who are about to give up. Those of us who are feeling like throwing in the towel. Those of us who feel like you've already done so much and nothing seems to work. Scripture says here, therefore also we, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud... Of witnesses. This does not mean that there are witnesses sitting in a cloud somewhere observing our lives or there are people who are watching us from heaven 1000 times. No. Is that the witness of these witnesses is a witness to our lives? That because they were able to hold on to God, no matter what, then we also can hold on to God and trust God even for the finish. He says, therefore, seeing that we have also been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses and he spoke about these witnesses in Hebrews chapter 11, and he spoke about Rahab, who was considered Rahab the harlot, who was considered Rahab the prostitute, that from year on year she was stranded, and she was in this difficult place, and she almost felt like she's been stuck in this issue that is there year on year. In fact, it is even worse because Scripture talks about how she was known in the old city of Jericho. This Rahab is one of the witnesses who be Lift God even for miraculous victory that it doesn't matter how far we have fallen this morning that it doesn't matter how far we fell yesterday last week that it doesn't matter how difficult last year was God is able to lift you just like he left, just like he lifted Rahab even from the pits of prostitution. God is able to lift you up. That the grace of God is not a grace that waits for you to clean up first. That the grace of God is not a grace that waits for you to put it together. That God is not waiting for you to be clean, for you to be able to come to church. But he's saying, seeing that we've been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses and the first witness there is Rahab. And I hear Rahab say that this grace is sufficient even for them that feel they have been defiled. Even for them that feel they are walking in sin. Even for them that feel they are stuck and in this cyclic sinful space. God is saying that just like he was able to lift Rahab, just like Rahab was able to move from prostitute to the prophetess of Israel. Just like she was able to move from Harlot even to the heroine of Israel. God is able to come exactly where you are and deal with that sin that you have called perennial and deal with that sin that you have called the weakness that is constantly in your face. That the weaknesses we are talking about, we are not talking about perfect men. We are not talking about men who walk this earth without sin and without any issues. We are talking about women and men who have issues scripture is talking about Gideon the book of Hebrews chapter 11 um, scripture says that in the among the children of Israel among the nation of Israel their clan was the least um, and among the clan of of, of Manasseh their family was the least um, and among their family Gideon was the least um, and when there was more against him he was able to rise up um, with few 300 men uh, and was able to overcome the battle of the day that God is this morning uh, that part of the witness is uh, that it doesn't matter how small you look this morning uh, that it doesn't matter how small you feel this morning that it doesn't matter how small your efforts seem to be that business looks like it is not working and family looks like it's about uh, to go down God is saying uh, like I was able to lift Gideon who was the least of the least of the least uh, I am able to lift you this morning is the witness that hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 deals with hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 deals with the fact that in as much as there's issues in your life in as much as there's complication in your life god is saying i'm able to come exactly where you are none of us has an issue free life amen ask your neighbor what is your issue (laughs) all of us have something we're dealing with in the closet Uh Uh-huh. All of us have something we are dealing in the closet. Somebody said there are skeletons in the closet. And everybody has issues. And God is saying, I want to show you that people who have issues were able to stand to the end. I want to show you that people who had an alcoholism issues, read Moses, people who had an alcoholism issue were able to rise up and enter into the rest of God, even in their generation. That sometimes there is the desire of the deception to think that because I'm having issues and I'm having struggle and I'm having to deal with this and I'm having to deal that, Jehovah is not in my space. And today God called me to make an announcement this morning at Rivers Church that despite the issues in your house right now, Yahweh is there in Jesus' name. That Yahweh is in the middle of that mess and as one preacher said, is about to turn that mess into a message in Jesus' name. I don't know what who I'm talking to, but there's somebody who feels like a Rahab in this morning in this church. Maybe you even came from a bar right last night. But God told me to tell you that if you can gather strength and just keep coming to his house like Rahab, like Gideon will say, Jehovah lives. Amen. He talks about witnesses that we have been surrounded. The testimony of Rahab is an indictment to our testimony. That if I refuse to rise because there are issues in my life, Rehab is talking to me. That if I refuse to rise because I feel that I am small, I feel that my business is irrelevant, I feel that, you know, my career is irrelevant, I feel like I should be doing more than I'm doing right now. God is speaking to you this morning. He raises another witness, Samson, that he started with strength. And he was known for strength. And he was known for physical ability. And he was known for exploits on exploits. And then the enemy cut his hair and all of a sudden, because of character flaws, the man of God was removed from the stage and entered into bondage. But God told me to remind you this morning that in as much as the enemy shaved Samson's hair, that hair grew back in the name of Jesus. And I feel prophetically to just declare to somebody this morning that your hair is about to grow back in the name of Jesus. I don't like the faith this side. Maybe they're this side. I said, if you feel your hair has been cut up, I said, your hair is about to grow back. In the name of Jesus, your strength is about to go back. Your better days are ahead of you. Let me say that one more time. Your better days are ahead of you. Let me say that one more time. Your better days are ahead of you. That is why 2023 must work. Because your better days are ahead of you. When the enemy thought that he had cut the hair of Samson, and he thought that the story of Samson is concluded, and he thought that he had put the last nail on the coffin and he could now say that Samson is done. What he did not know is that there is hope for a tree that has been cut and that Jehovah is able to bring that which was called lost to be found. That Jehovah is able to raise that which was called discouraged into encouragement. That Jehovah is able to raise that which was called destroyed into a new building in the name of Jesus. Let the grace of Samson be upon you this morning that even if because of your own decisions you are now dealing with the consequence God is able that sometimes the decisions that are made have brought me to where I am but I thank God because I have a God that is not only interested in justice but I have a God that says his mercy endures every morning that his mercy is new every morning that when justice lifted up his voice and said that this one deserves to be punished when mercy, when justice lifted up its voice and said you deserve what you're going through these are the wages of sin these are the consequences of decision mercy interrupted the voice of justice and said that this, the hair of Samson grew back when you study your scriptures you will tell me that Samson killed more enemies on his death than he ever killed at his strongest point and that is how grace works. Grace works with weakness. Let he that says, I am weak in Zion, let that one say, I am strong. We are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. There was everything in Samson's life to say your life is over. You have been caught. It was a public spectacle. You can, you can as well call it quits. There's nothing that will be able to be said of your life again and Samson by God's grace is in the Hebrews chapter 11 hall of faith that he was able to muscle up strength and his hair grew back again did you know you can never put a full stop in the child of God's life Can I say that again? Do you know that nobody can ever put a full stop? It is. Which scripture is this in the book of Kings? Where scripture says the prophet rose up, and when the prophet rose up, he was walking, and he met an angel. And when he met an angel, he asked the angel, what are you going to do? And the angel said, I'm going to measure Jerusalem. And the prophet said by revelation that Jerusalem cannot be measured. This is why you can never put a full stop in the child of God. Because when you put a block this side, there's this side and side. And when you put a block this side, there's another side this way. Because God is able, seeing that we are surrounded by such a great of witnesses, let me change that translation a little bit, seeing that we are surrounded by such great testimonies of ordinary men that walked with God and entered into their large place, listen to me, them that are great were not always great, I see David, if you study Bible history, you will say in fact they regarded him as a bit off, He's one who was writing poetry to sheep in the back the side of the desert. And he was dancing with sheep and singing for sheep. Anointed, but at the back side of the desert. Not regarded equal among his brothers. Not regarded even as a son. That when the prophet came to speak, can you, can you imagine? That the prophet came to the house and said, it is not this one. It is not this one. This one is tall and handsome. You know, he has shoulders. Tell your neighbor, shoulders is not the answer. (laughs) This one has shoulders. His head and shoulder above his brothers. He looks kingly. He has eyes that could penetrate the hearts of men. The prophet said, it is not this one. Because Yahweh does not choose according to how it looks like. Hey, praise the Lord. It doesn't matter how it looks like. And he goes through all the sons. And the father has forgotten that he has another son. Can you imagine? And 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 the prophet has to ask, is there no other son? Are these all your children? He said, Oh, there is another. <laughs> hey, can you imagine? Listen to me and listen to me good. Those people that look like it are, not, are nowhere in the presence of God. And sometimes the child of God will feel discouraged and, you, and there's a temptation to feel beaten down because it looks like wash-wash is how to get into the promised land. And you begin considering it. And it looks like, you know, one day I was driving with Gideon and Gideon was giving me the exploits of people who are doing wash-wash. I said, is there a business? Maybe this is something to consider. The devil is a liar. Have you ever been squeezed so much until you're like, God, you said you will give the wealth of the wicked to the righteous. Let me go and collect. The devil is a liar. Police will arrest you. In fact, when the wicked do wash wash, they don't get arrested. When the child of God does wash wash, you will be, Pastor Sam, come please, come pray for the iron door to open. I, David, look at him. Look at the type of life he lives. That finally he's able to rise. Then he deals with Goliath. David has, say, has killed thousands. David has killed tens of thousands and become such a great man of God. Then enter issues and issues and issues. Scripture says one day when David died. I'm talking about issues because there is a challenge to be, should I say, diverted from destiny because of challenges. And sometimes you feel like I don't, I'm, I'm not able to move forward because I'm going through much issues. I'm going through so much issues that my heart feels so far from God. Scripture says David started having this issue and he's the man with many wives and, and many, what is the other name, concubines, that when David died, for them to be sure he's dead, they brought a, a girl to sleep next to him to see. Okay, fine, now he's surely dead. <laughs> Those are issues. Praise the Lord. Okay, let me confess to you. M- let me tell you. Can I tell you guys my issue? Can I tell you my issue that you know pastor also has issues? My issue is eh, none of your business. <laughs> Look at you. Hey! hey. and there was quietness in church. Pass eh? <laughs> M- tomorrow. Pastor confesses. Hey! hey. We got issues, baby. Seeing we are surrounded by such a great cloud of men with ordinary men with issues who decided to trust God and to believe God to the end. The message of the book of Hebrews is keep the faith. God is faithful. Keep the faith. God is faithful. Seeing that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Look at three things we must now do as we begin to get ready to pray. The first thing he says, and I love this one, he says that we must lay aside, tell your neighbor, lay aside every weight, every weight, and that is the thing about the walk of faith that not everything is permissible, not but not everything is beneficial. And God called me to make um, to say a message here. There is somebody in this house today, there could be several of you, who you know very well what God has called you to do. But there is a weight that is upon you that has hindered you to become all that God says you must become. The Hebraic picture here that the author was talking about is that of a man that is running. And he's saying if you are going to run, physically you must cut as much weight as possible. But also, once you cut the weight, you cannot tie a weight on yourself and run effectively and run efficiently. If you're going to run the race that God has set for you this year, there has to be a laying aside. The Hebrew word there, the Greek word there means to put aside, to cut from yourself every weight. The definition of weight is those things. These are not sins, no. These are those things that hold us back. These are those things that are causing us not to be as spiritual as we ought to. These are those things that have ensured you're not praying as much as you should be praying. These are those things that have ensured the only time you touch your Bible is on Sunday morning. These are those things that have ensured you're always keeping the wrong company. You're always talking about the wrong things. Your identity. Entity has been usurped by weights That the weight deals with Things that are not necessarily seen But things that keep you held back That you want to run But you cannot run as fast as you should He says cut back On those things And I studied that out And they say there are three categories of things That we must cut out The first category of things is Addictions Addictions that either pleasure our mind or stimulate our body. And there are things, there are people who know the full DSTV timetable. And when you ask them, what happens on Monday? Monday is have notes. What happens on Tuesday? Tuesday is empire. What happens on, on, on Wednesday? Wednesday is power. What happens on Thursday? Kaleidoscope. That's a show. Okay kaleidoscope you know and on Friday and there is always you know you know the shows like have you seen this Netflix show that has been recently season 2 has come out you know weights says let us lay aside every weight that the first category of weight is those things that pleasure our mind and those things that pleasure do you know Pastor Kev David said something in one in, in the Proverbs. You know, people think all the Proverbs are written by Solomon. It's not true. Some were written by David, right? Some were written some were written by Asaph. One of the Proverbs of David, he says that better a house of judges, a house of judges. You know, judges, yeah. Ile wimbo watu wana imbanga kikufa, judges, funeral songs. Better is that house than a house of celebration, because in a house of judges, in a house where there is mourning, there is gravity. The soul is anchored. There is deep thought. There is reflection. There is careful walk. There is careful talk. Have you realized in parties people say anything? Yes or no? Come on, talk to me, church. Yes or no? But in funerals, people are quiet. Even the most talkative people, they have to shut up their mouth because it's a funeral. And the demeanor of funerals is keep quiet and look down, is it not? Except in Luan <laughs> Lewis. Okay, I'll tell you that story of Lewis. So the, the gravity in, in houses of judges is preferred to a house of celebrations. Why? Because there the flesh is put in check. That the first thing we must lay aside are those things that pleasure our mind, stimulate our mind, soulish stimulation and those things that pleasure our bodies. And one of them is food. Amen. That is why this January, God bless our bodies. Our bodies are going to suffer properly. We are denying it. It's necessary food. Amen. Amen. I like that even in church, there's nothing. There's just a lot of water here. Praise the Lord. You can just drink water and be happy with the water because we are, we are now killing flesh now. But the second thing they argue that needs to be put down is an examination of relationships. The book of Proverbs chapter 13 says, He that walks with the wise shall be wise. But a companion of fools is destroyed. What are some of the relationships that God is calling you to examine? There are relationships that have sucked up your identity. And now you are talking like them. You are dressing like them. You are walking like them. And you are hanging out in places where they hang out. And you wonder where you are not rising. The reason is your true power can only come when your identity rises that your identity has been suffocated so much so that the the power that is you is not coming out because the power that Jehovah has put in the inside of you is to power your true identity, you. That God requires for you to rise you. Then your true power comes forth. But as long as we are keeping the wrong company, the Lord is not moving in that space. Says, what association is there between the temple of God? 1 Corinthians chapter 6. What association is there between the temple of God and the temple of idols? He says, Come out from among them and do what? Be thou separate. He says, how, how can unbelievers be, believers cannot be unequally yoked with? He says, What association is there between light and darkness? Relationships. There's an examination of relationships. That must begin to occur rapidly Amen Do you know There are people who you meet And your life gains five years But there are people who you meet And your life loses five years Is that true? Yeah. Have you experienced that? There are people who For some reason God has just given an anointing on your life And you meet them And there is acceleration You can feel things moving you feel, you feel challenged to be better You feel challenged to speak better You even feel yourself challenged To dress better To clean better To hustle harder But there are people who make sure you you meet them and you feel comfortable and you feel like you don't want to achieve anything and you feel life is unfair and you feel even there is no need to try because trying does not yield any result. Cut those relationships this year. Amen. Hallelujah. We've spoken about limited access severally on this pulpit. One of the Hebraic meanings of sanctification is what? Set apart. You cannot talk about running the race that is set before you without being set apart. Thank God we are in Kenya, the house of Eliud Kipchoge. Go and look at YouTube about Eliud Kipchoge. Just look at the training. Look at the diet. There's a physician for diet. There's a physician for muscle training. There's a physician for running. There's a physician for technique. There's a physician for timetable. Everything is measured. There's a certain way we must live this life. God is saying, lay aside this morning every weight. I've given the first one, I've given the second one. Here's the third, the weight of yesterday. That is a weight. God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, is it verse 17? That if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, tell your neighbor, old things. Come on, tell them like shake them for me, please. Now, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The you that we know is dead now. Enter into your future. Listen, don't allow the past to get to lay you hostage anymore. There are things that happened into your life last year. There are things that you did last year. There are things that you did five years ago. Reject those things. God is saying, lay aside the weight of the past. Mm-hmm. Lay aside the way of the past And some of us the reason why We have been single for 38,000 years Is because you have refused to move on from the past And the more we are praying for you to get married And we are saying "See, you get married Okay let me use another word Let me use somebody else Say John, John, John get married You are holding on to your past You are like no You know my heart is broken Me, my heart is fragile I'm very careful Last time I know how this thing works Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I tell everybody, you, leave your past alone. Oh. Leave your past alone. Why don't you come into small group? You know, the last time I went to a small group, they conned me. Now I can never go to a small group. I can come. just uh, Let me just come to church on Sunday morning. And then after Sunday morning, I uh, let me go away. You are leaving anointing on the table. Because scripture says, do not be such who, what is the word they say. Do not despise the gathering together. Oh, brethren. Uh-huh, because one call cannot keep warm by itself. You need other fires around you. So five years ago, somebody had you in a small group, in a connect group, and now you have vowed. Because we only have 34 of us in small groups. That's the truth. Yet we have 170 people coming to church on Sunday morning. So where is the other 140? Ask your neighbor, is it you? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Where is, where is, the, other? Yeah, where is the other 140? Where are you? Where, where We can't see you. Leave the weight of the past. Yes, Bona Zephiwe. Lay aside. Those are not sins. But the writer of the book of Hebrew is saying, you are not able to run the race that is set before you if you are holding on weights. Yes, then he says something here. The second thing. He doesn't say lay aside sin. No. He says lay aside the sin that easily besets. Yes, All of us have something we're struggling with. Not issues now. Talk about sin. For some of us, testing, tempting us with cocaine is not a temptation. Like if you came and gave, served us, you know, a table of cocaine, we'd be like, okay, there's a lot of white powder here. Is this chalk? Can we use this chalk to draw something? Or is this, what is this? Is this whitewash? Can we, can we, you know, can we paint the wall white with this? It's not a temptation. But God is saying, I want you to be careful about that sin that calls your name and you answer quickly. <laughs> Hey, That you're so strong Lying, no, gossip, no You know, alcohol, no Smoking cigarette, what is that? But avoiding tax (laughs) You know, I'm using very generic uh, issues eh? I don't want you to say what kind of pastor is this There's a sin that when it calls your name You answer quickly Says that sin, that one You see, there's no, he says nobody can say they have no sin. But here, listen, the book of Hebrews chapter 12 is not not dealing with sin. He's dealing with the sin that easily. KJV says besets. You know what besetting is? Besetting is you are running and then that sin hits you back. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? He's not talking about righteousness, purity, or holiness. It's not a sanctification scripture, it's an effectiveness scripture. He's dealing with there's a sin in your life okay, have you ever been so strong until you had people talking about other people and for some reason you have revelation on revelation about these guys is that the spirit of gossip is just manifest, your tongue is like an oiled tongue They <laughs> hmm? say you are not even saying the story correctly let me tell you you, you don't know the details <laughs> hmm? you are just minding your business walking a holy life, speaking in tongues zabada, zabada, zabada Zabada, so, then when you at uh-huh, what did he do? No, he didn't do that. Let me tell you first of all, this guy comes from this village. I even know his parents. You know, first of all, you know, the parent had two wives, that is why he has issues like hey, hey! gossip is calling you. So you are running towards your purpose, gossip, it besets. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? It's like you're... The picture is like you're you're making concrete, eh? And you want to have a concrete wall. And the concrete wall is now setting. Then some Kimandazi guy comes to water and starts pouring on day one. What is happening to the concrete? It's besetting the concrete. Let me make a very interesting statement here. All sin is not equal. (laughs) There is the besetting sin. Besetting sin. That is the sin that knocks you behind. He's saying, if we are going to run the race that is set before us, we have, to put, we have to lay aside two things. One, we have to lay aside every weight. I've given you how many categories of weight? Three categories of weight. The first weight is what? The weight that is sensually and pleasing to our mind and to our, to our flesh. The second one is relationships. The third is the weight of the past. It says, lay that away. Then he says, the second thing I want you to lay aside, I want you to lay aside the sin that doth easily beset your You, are, you are Achilles heel. He says, I want you to pay particular attention. If you're going to run the race that is set before you, if alcohol is your thing, that is the thing I want you to pay attention on the most. That one, that's the one I want you to pay attention on. If you know, I don't know which other sins they are, but w- whichever they are, if those ones are your thing, Gideon, what do you do? You pay attention to those ones, party, Particularly. As I begin to close that we can pray. We still have five minutes. He says, therefore, seeing that we are surrounded by such a crowd of ordinary men, ordinary women, with issues and challenges, who decided to believe God to the end, let us do what? Lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every sin that easily ensnares us. Then he says, let us run with endurance. Here's the third thing. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That God is saying, don't look at you. Don't look at your life right now. Don't look at what the business looks like right now. He says, I want your eyes to be firmly focused on Jesus Christ, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. He says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And for us to run the race that has been set before us, for us to enter into our purpose this year, there has to be endurance. That's the third thing. That we are going to have to be a people of endurance. The Greek word there is hupomone, which means patience in pain. Patience in pain, patience in pain, patience in pain, patience in pain, patience in pain. He endured the cross. He endured the abuse of men. That they were abusing him left, right, and center. He endured it. That the the, the nails were piercing his hand. He endured it. He endured the lashes of the Roman soldiers. He endured the thorns on on the crown of his head. He endured it. He was patient in pain. And that the key then is that when we feel we are in pain, we must focus our eyes on the joy that God has set before us. The one thing is certain, this will not be always the case. Things will not always be like this, that this is just a season. Do you know that any man or woman, who is responding and pursuing anything worthwhile in God must go through seasons. Anybody who's going to walk and achieve anything in this kingdom must go through seasons. And the wisdom then becomes to have the patience in those seasons that sometimes God's grace is not removing the pain, but it's the victory at the end of the pain. That sometimes all pain is not bad pain, Sometimes that pain is the pain that unlocks promise. That for the joy that was set before him. And there are times you look at business and you're wondering what's happening here. I've been faithful. I am a good employer. I I try to pay incomes on time. And things just don't seem to to add up. And things look tough. And there's a temptation to throw in the towel and to give up. And there's a temptation to quit and to leave it alone. But God is saying, I don't want you to quit. God is saying, I want you to lift up your eyes and see Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him and you at the cross. That he did not look at the cross. He looked at the joy that was set before him. I want you to look beyond the broken relationship. I want you to look beyond the failed business. God is up to something in your life. Your better days are still ahead of you. Don't allow the enemy to convince you that your best days are behind of you just because of a divorce just because of a failed business, just because somebody came and auctioned everything that you had worked for for 10 years, God is saying that we should be able to look unto Jesus, our perfect example, that despite the height of pain, that despite the height of emotion, that despite the height of what looked like disadvantage, he endured the cross. He was able to go through it. And I came to announce to somebody this morning that God is releasing a grace in Rivers to be a people that are able to grow through things in the name of Jesus. If I could make a prayer and God does not remove it, then I know it's an opportunity for growth because that which does not kill me for sure must cause me to grow in the name of Jesus. And we want to lift up our voice today and make an announcement that whatever pain you're going through right now, as long as it is not killing you, child of God, grow through it. Child of Zion, grow through it, that beat your chest and say, thank you God this is an opportunity to grow, so this is how it feels like to be heartbroken. broken, God let me grow through it, that one day I'll be teaching relationships, so this is how it feels like to have failed business, let me grow through it, in the name of Jesus fix your eyes on Jesus that don't look at what is happening he did not look at the cross What did he look at? He looked at the joy that was set before him. He looked at the joy that was set before him. And that is fuel enough for him to rise up again and again. That three times he fell and three times he rose up. That they spat on his face. They cast him. They called him all manner of names. But because of the love he had for us, he endured the cross. What is God calling you to endure this year? What is that that you have called pain? Let us rise on our feet. We, our time is up. What is that that you have called pain? That God is calling you. Paul said something in Romans chapter 5 verse 3. Romans chapter 5 verse 3. He said, we thank you Jesus. And the church of, especially the church of Kenya must come to this place. He says, we glory. In what? what? We glory in tribulation. We glory in tribulation. That we glory when things are going wrong. Listen to that standard of discipleship. We glory when things are not working. That is when we glory. Let me ask you a question. If you are moved by situations of what good is the cross? What is the purpose of the anointing? If the issues of life will constantly cause you perennially to cry. When will you say enough is enough and stamp your feet down and glory in tribulation? Glory in tribulation. He says, when they are taking away everything that I worked hard so, for, I worked so hard for, everything that I built for so many years, and they took it away. God says, glory in tribulation. Look at the standard of discipleship that I'm not moved by what I see. Because as long as you can see it, then it is temporary. Tell your neighbor, can you see it? It is temporary. As long as, Pastor Doc, as long as you can see it. The day I saw the auctioneers with my eyes, I knew very well. As long as I can see. He says, these Egyptians you see today, you will see them. No more. As long as you can see it, it is temporary. Temporary. And we are not them that walk by sight. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. Because that which is seen is temporal. I want us to make only one prayer today. Pastor come up, collect offering for us. That God will give you endurance in 2023. That you will run the race that is set before you. In the name of Jesus, let me hear you pray now. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.